0: Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Alicia Soulier. She is the founder of Salon Scale. As a former salon owner, she saw the need for a measurement system to prevent a lot of hair color waste, and boy, are we glad she did. It is a genius idea. I am so excited to talk to her about how she came up with this idea And so grateful to have her here on the podcast. So welcome, Alicia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so
1: much for having me.
0: So if you're listening in your car, you can't see how gorgeous this woman is. She is absolutely stunning. Uh, Hopefully you'll go over to YouTube and check out the video as well. Um, We had a chat a few weeks ago and I shared a video with my husband. He's like, wow, she's really pretty. And then I said it to my daughter. She's like, I love her. She's so pretty. So it's not going to come through on the podcast, unfortunately, but um, you are so beautiful and and your personality makes you even more beautiful. I hate to make it all about looks, but you are stunning both inside and out. Um, and God, what a gift for the industry that you have come up with. I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I had over you know, the the ongoing battle of waste where the the old remedy was get a bucket and make your staff dump all the wasted color into the bucket. And you have this big, disgusting, sludgy bucket, bucket full of, you know, all kinds of a mess. And the staff doesn't care about the messy bucket. And and if they're honest, they probably only dump 50% of what they wasted in there because they don't want you to really know what they were wasting. So I am a big fan of Shark Tank, as is my whole family. We're all always talking about ideas and inventions and wouldn't be great kind of things, but you didn't just talk about it, you did it. So I would love to hear about your transition from salon owner, which I know is super stressful because I was a salon owner for 36 years, so you don't need to tell me anything about that, but from going from that to this and how it all began.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your kind words. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to um, connect you with you and your audience um, and talk about really, you know, sometimes these things land in front of you and you have to take action. And that's exactly where my story came from. I was just like every other salon owner, just like yourself, that really struggled with how to figure out where this, how to control the back bar. It was this kind of situation where I didn't really know why um, we were losing money or where that money was going. But all I knew is that by the time I paid my bills, I paid my staff and I had to do another order. I was constantly the one like going back and be like, oh wait, can you take a few of these off? Can you do this? Can you move this around? Because they couldn't really charge my card because it was always maxed out, right? Mm. And it was just a feeling that on the outside, my staff knew we were running a $1.2 million salon. Um, everybody else coming to my salon, like we were charging a lot per services. And everybody thought that I was a lot more successful than what I was. Um, And unfortunately, because I wasn't a financial expert, I had a really hard time understanding where the loss was. Um, And so honestly, this was like, I I can only say it as a calling. I think sometimes you get these moments and this is what happened where I was renovating the salon and uh, we went and got frozen yogurt, my family, and the frozen yogurt place charged us by how much we put in each bowl and it made me think oh my gosh it's just like we need an update in technology like these two places when we were getting paint out of a machine it's like if we had a machine that told us the cost and i was like no wait a minute like that won't scale i was like oh my gosh it's the scale and (laughs) i it just kind of clicked because you you know it's like kind of sometimes these things are right in front of us and as entrepreneurs i think we just want to see a world more efficient. And that's kind of what happened. It all collapsed in me in that moment. And I thought, and at this time, I still had no idea how I was going to like really change my pricing strategy with the tool. I just knew that, oh my goodness, what if we had an app that really could, you know, just tell me in real time, how much the cost of a bull was. Um, And that happened four years ago. So I, where did I start? I was a hair salon owner. So I'm obviously not a coder. I don't know how to make technology. Um, so I just Googled, you know, what, how to make apps, local app company. And I found a local company that made our first MVP. Um, we went in there for several months, talked about the concept of what I would love it to look like. And I am telling you the moment that I went there to see the MVP, which is a minimum viable product. That's what that means. Um, when we put pens on the scale for the first time, and it told me what that cost was in Olaplex, I broke down. I, that was the day that I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I can go save the industry. Like I I can save salons. It was like an overwhelming feeling that I was like, I'm sitting here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, and (laughs) I have a tool that can save every salon around the world. Um, so I I jumped, I went as, as fast as I, I could, and it hasn't been easy. Like I've had to learn a lot of things to to not only build out the technology, the teams to raising capital to understand those things, but what I've seen is we really have built a tool that exposes the costs um, and it's allowing salons to really separate those you know those variable parts of their pricing and make sure that they are turning a profit every time they they do color services. Um, but there's so much more to the product that we can kind of get into a little bit probably later, but I think really that's kind of my story on like how I got it to market. Um, the only thing I would add to this is, uh, I joined a local accelerator as the only female techni- non-technical female leader in the salon space. And I won the whole cohort. And that's what kind of propelled me into being full-time and letting, like letting the salon go. That's when I decided it's time to sell the salon and, and pursue this full-time.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations. Because so many people, people that are, you know, I've known for years, they always have a story about the one that got away. Oh, I had an idea for XYZ and then someone else did it. Or, you know, there's so many people that have that light bulb moment of something that could really be a game changer, but the overwhelm of, to your point, the funding, the who, who do you go to, to create an app? How does that even work? keeps most people from taking that extra step. Actually, I sat next to a guy on the plane. I just went home and visited my mom and this guy next to me. You could just tell he wanted to talk. He was in the middle seat and he was a big guy. He was like jammed in there and (laughs) just his body language. I was like, "He, he wants to talk. So we started talking and somehow we got on the subject of inventions and he had his own business. He said, I have, I have an idea. But I just don't know how to get it to the actual making of the product. And then we, we ended up flight one so fast because I was telling him different things that I would do if I had a product. And my son went to school for entrepreneurship. He's always looking for that thing that's going to be his winner. And, you know, we know about the woman that designed the little decorations for Crocs. Like think about how successful she is and how she just walked away and got millions and millions of dollars for little ladybugs to put in the holes of crocs like sometimes <laughs> it's the simplest thing that you're like oh my gosh seriously that's that was the thing and spanks i mean look at her success she's a yeah. billionaire on basically girdles for women and they had been around for a million years before but she did it in a more modern way so i just love that you didn't let any of those hurdles stop you from doing it because I just did a talk on my weekly coffee chats about emotional pricing and this really changes the game I'm sure that was not even your intention in creating this even thinking that far ahead but all of the ramifications down the road that you've been able to solve even though you didn't start out with all of those ideas it's just it's such a time saver money saver Emotional pricing saver, there's so many benefits to weighing, measuring, and having financial facts because you're not the only salon owner that wasn't making a profit. I think the industry average is like 7%. So when you hear people doing a million dollars a year, you think they're they're going to have the cool sports car and the vacations and the Chanel glasses and the handbags, and they're broke. They're not even paying themselves because of all the color waste. Exactly.
1: No, I think you make a good point there. And I think I, I I had no clue, but the best part is it's when I keep building more products and we keep talking about that, I know the pain. I know what it feels like to really struggle. And you have almost like this big belief box as a salon owner. You have the biggest belief that you keep passing on to your stylists. Um to your communities, to like your brand, like you believe, 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 like we have the biggest belief box, but what we don't necessarily have is the facts to really back up those belief systems. And so when we did launch Salon Scale, and I put it in my salon for the first time, I was like, holy crap, like I now had facts to cut through the motions. I had something that I could tangibly look at that didn't make me have that awkward, hey guys, like we need to raise the prices or we need to change this because It was like something tangible instantly that was like an ability for us to see the actual cost, see those things that didn't make it so awkward Um, and to have these workarounds and these like kind of tiptoeing situations. It was a way for us to really build um, awareness to those true things. And so out of anything, I will have to say that that is my favorite part about Salon Scales. Yes, we're a technology. Yes, we're a tool. um, But we handle that, overwhelming emotional state of a salon owner and like help take that, that, that away and at least give them one aspect to help them so that they don't feel always alone when it comes to their finances.
0: Another thing that you've done differently and well is provide for the solo suite owner. About 15 years ago, I had the pleasure of going to an intercoiffure event. And I was so excited to be there because it's like the elite group of hairstylists and you know, the US, and then there's a, a intercoiffure international as well. And um, there was a, a scale back then that was from another company that was the first on the market. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't care how much it costs, I'm getting this thing. This is amazing. This is a dream come true. I've been waiting for this my whole career. And I walked over to the gentleman who was demonstrating and I asked him three different questions about the um, usage of the scale and what things that it did and all three things it did not do. You have created something that does all those things that I wanted 15 years ago. So again, kudos to you because you could have said, oh my gosh, there's a company that already does that. I can't do that. You not only did it, but you did it better and you made it where there's no... Um, barrier of entry. If someone says, you know, oh, I'm just a one person salon. I'm like, yes, you're not going to steal from yourself. Yes. You're not, you're going to try not to waste, but do you really know what each service is costing you? I bet you don't. So you're still underpricing and over-delivering and over-giving product because you're not measuring. So I don't know a hairstylist on the planet that does not need this product to be really efficient and profitable.
1: Oh, it's, and you know what, it's kind of, it comes down to the word transparency. We just need to have transparent conversations about what it costs us to do our business. And some of these older archaic systems are the reason why we have such fragmentation in in the market. That's why we have a a lot of solopreneurs. We have about 75% of the market is independent. Um, And then we have salons that are changing their models and trying ways to be more transparent and more clear about these things. Um, And these older really structured systematic approaches um, that were basically killing the culture of your business and not not turning any profits anyways. those those systems are failing us and so if we build technology around that old archaic system it will always fail so when we went to market we said if this product doesn't fit a stylist first besides them being a solopreneur besides them being a salon where do we all start we start as being stylists if a stylist is not excited about using technology or this product or seeing value in it nobody's going to win and so when we build the product we think about how do we make sure that it's really quick to enter products how do we make sure that it's joyful to come to we even down to the colors and the tones and the textures we put in there is what do we want people to feel when they come into this this tool every day um and then from there it's just making sure that everyone sees the transparency everyone gets connected so that everybody wins Um, And there is no one size fits all. I truly believe that we are a tool um, that enables any type of owner, any type of stylist. And so exactly what you're saying is, I think being really narrow or giving people rigid rules is, is not necessarily it. We took Salon Scale to market as fast as we could. And we're like, let's build this with our customers. What do you wanna see? And now our entire product roadmap is based out of our customers. Our customers, what they ask for, we start to make those into new features. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things that's really important to kind of have that. But we refuse to label a salon owner as someone who just has a staff. Um, someone who's taking control of operations is a salon owner. So if you are if you have an inventory, if you are running supplies in and out, you're you're paying for the operations, overhead, rent, all that stuff you're owning that operations, which means you're a salon in a salon, you're a salon owner. So that could be a person of one, that could be a person of three, that could be a person of three 300 locations. Um, but that's basically what we focus on when we when we when we think of our
0: product. So for someone listening that has no idea what this product is or how it functions, what would you say is the top three things that changes the game behind the chair from using it? And, and how much of a hurdle is it to get to know the technology? Because depending on, you know, the age bracket of the stylist, a lot of people, I just had somebody on um, one of my hot seats and she still uses a paper appointment book. So for the hairdresser who fights technology, what would you say is different about your product that would be ease of use and, and worth the the hurdle of getting used to it? So I think the first thing is it's always starts
1: with you. So no matter where you're at, if you aren't fully bought into the concept or fully bought into, there's going to be some change, then it's going to be hard to bring on this change. So the first thing I always say to anybody and like, it's really important to focus on the outcome. What is the outcome I'm going to get by bringing in this device or bringing this tool in? What is the outcome in my business by bringing on this new Color line. This new pro- the outcome is X, right? So we want to think about that. So the big thing I would say is, what is the outcome? So the very first thing that you're going to probably find the outcome or what you want is probably money. It's probably cash flow. You're probably wondering why you don't make as much money as you should, uh, or where it's going. So if the outcome is to make more money, then you then then that's what we want to focus on. So if we start to do our setup or we go through our setup guides, we know by taking an hour to put in your inventory. Is the outcome is going to be that you're going to manage that and you're going to be able to make more money. So you want to be really focused on that. The best part about it is our startup is very simple itself, guiding so you do not need handholding on this at all. Um, we have a startup guide that takes, like I said, less than a few minutes to kind of go through. But if you want to go and put all your inventory, it's very simple to kind of go ahead and put that in there. Once your inventory is in place. Our technology is extremely easy. You just need to start using it. So you go ahead and add your clients in, you go ahead and pick your products, you measure them out, you get the cost, and then you're passing that cost on to the consumer if you are doing a parts and labor separation. Um, but this ensures that every time your guest leaves, you are turning a profit um and so it can feel overwhelming to a, a, a adopt the technology but we have a team of specialists that's here we also have thousands like i am talking we are approaching 10,000 daily active users so you are not Man. alone go ahead and ask anyone and so that the proof is in our product and the proof is in our customers uh, everybody that uses us they will always say that I was so nervous to get started. So overwhelmed. I thought, Oh my God, I'm going to have to change all this thing. But every single one of them that took that jump is like, I now I'm getting, you know, 3000 more dollars a month, 500 more dollars a week. You know, one salon that did $300,000, they had two locations, $300,000. They got back into their business. It's wow. It starts when you start and you just got to focus on that and realize We it's a simple it's it's a simple technology. It's not overwhelming. It's just about getting getting started.
0: Wow, that is really impressive. Um, That's a big a big big difference. I know for us when we started using a scale like that, it was the inventory management. We needed so much less color every month Mm -hmm. because there was so much waste and because there was so much half hazard mixing and this and this and making this and. Um, to know what we really, truly need and not have so much back stock was huge right away. And because it passes the cost of the color usage onto the client, our tickets became like weird numbers. You know, instead of $68, it was like seventy two thirty six, And the clients were kind of like, what? And we said, oh, we have a new measuring system and we know how much color we use. So we want to make sure, and we always... P- p- where they were at an advantage, we'd say, we don't want you to pay more for your hair than someone who has a lot more hair than you. So we go by the measurement and that's why it's a weird number. And they loved it. You know, they loved that it was a weird number that stood out to them because they noticed. Otherwise they just think a touch up's a touch-up. When I teach, I share a math equation that I learned probably 20 years ago from another educator. And he was saying most Most salon owners become salon owners because they're really busy hairdressers and they want to be independent and they just don't want to be told what to do. So they go on their own and they usually either take the prices that they had at the former salon or they call a couple of salons around them and they kind of meet in the middle and just make up a price. They don't sit down and say, how much were the gloves? How much was the cotton? How much was the shampoo? How much is my overhead? So this math equation basically bases it on your cost of your color times 11 and when i share that with people there's only maybe two hands that go up that people are at the right number so i can only imagine how many lives you're changing on the pricing of their color when they're realizing that oh my gosh you know some people are still in 2023 charging $50 for a retouch when the color itself is $11 and then if you're paying a stylist commission There is no profit for the salon whatsoever, but they're doing it every day, not realizing to your point earlier, like, where's the money going? I see a million coming in, but I'm not keeping, you know, any salary at all because it's all going to overhead and expenses.
1: Oh, and that's the other thing too, is what happens is I get people that say this all the time where like, they're so comfortable. They don't want to have these odd numbers. They don't want to pass it on to the consumer. And it's a professional good, Alicia I shouldn't like, that's so weird to charge it separate. And so what happens is they're like, well, I have these fees within the price. So I I know I use like $25 here or $10 here. And the problem is, is like, yeah, it might've been $11 for that root touch up. It might've been $11, but that product needed to be replenished next month. So when you did an order, whatever you profited that week, and when you went and, ordered next you took the cash flow of whatever profit to replace that eleven dollars so for every time you take a tube you need to make enough money to replace the tube so it needs to have markup it needs to have a margin it needs to have enough to be able to replenish and that's what sometimes people don't realize when you're pricing a hundred dollar service and use ten dollars with a product you actually need to be pricing it at 120 like 110 you had to cover the replenishment or else The whatever you made, so let's say you charged $100, you use $10 for product, you have 90 bucks. But the next time you order, you're now down to 80 because you had to replenish it. And sometimes people forget about replenish margins, but we don't do this in retail. So we shouldn't be doing it in the back of house. We need to think about that. Um, And the other one too is you're absolutely right. I love that thing where it's like, we are fantastic artists that usually drive some incredible businesses and usually we don't we we take we leave we go on our own we take those pricing because we know that um but one thing that if there's anything that anyone's listening to on this is we should really be looking at um at margin and understanding your margin and your cash flow and so what happens is a, we are in a very tight marginal business we don't have high gross margins so if we sell a $100 service chances are we're only making between really 10 to 20% Off of that service, even if I'm a solopreneur, I'm not making that much because my operations, everything's expenses. So ten to twenty percent margins. That means when your customer comes in and you use an extra scoop or you use a little bit extra shampoo or whatever, you don't have room in that ten or twenty percent to you know take on that extra hit, that extra cost. Um, So that's why it's really important on those variable expenses to watch that. And so. I I just say this because think about it is like how many times do you emotionally have a client come in and they're like, Oh, I'll just throw that toner on. I should have charged for that, but I let it go. So that extra $10. Now you have to replenish it turned into like $20 gone. And you only really made $20 off that service. So you just totally did a free, a free, free color that day. And so that's why it's really important to separate that emotion and look at that. Um, it'd be completely different if it was a haircut, right? So if you charge $100 for a haircut, your overhead was only 50%. You have $50 to work with now. You don't have $20, you have $50 to work with. So these types of expenses, your back bar, especially your color are so expensive that it needs to be separate. Um, and it is. it's just a big part of our business now. So it's really important.
0: Uh, To have that. And especially now that I'm not in the salon all the time, when I do go to purchase color for a model, I'll walk in there thinking I'm going to spend $30 and my total is always over a hundred. And I get, I'm getting just what I need for that model. It's not like I'm restocking a shelf and I'm like, oh my gosh, how are these hairdressers not raising their prices? Because post- COVID and post pandemic and all that time being closed, then opening up and having gloves be so expensive and foil be so like everything has gone up and especially color. You know, it used to be, you know, 10 years ago, I would get a letter from whatever color line I was with, I would get an annual letter and it would be, you know, thank you for your support this year and due to rising costs overseas with production and tubes and this whole big song and dance, basically you're paying more for your color. It used to happen once a year. Now I feel like it happens once a month. It seems like every time I turn around, it's another 50 cents for a tube of color.
1: And that won't stop because our whole supply chain doesn't have usage-based information. So that means if... If they don't, can't meet the supply and demand, when things are trending or spiky, and they'll have there, the price will just go up. And we are in a trend-based business. So it's really important to make sure that we do cover those things. We make sure that those things are, are, are being handled. Um, but no, I find actually the inflation, of, uh, I don't think it's going to slow down um, for a while. And I think the best fighting chance you have is just make like cash is king make sure you are getting the cash for whatever, every time a tube is cracked, it's paid for. And there's, there's money to replenish it. If you can get in that habit, you will see the cash flow in the business. Um, It's really important. Um, I know a lot of people do talk about it as like waste. I'm not wasting and stuff. Uh, Waste is a big comment that I get lots of times too. And our old systems, when we scrape the buckets and we would do these things, the big question I'd always ask a salon is if I could tell you what the waste number is, what would you do with that number? (laughs) Right. <laughs> and so there's only two things you can do with a waste number. You either A, charge your client more or take it from your staff. Because the business can't just keep taking on waste, right? right? And so when I get people that kind of fight me on the system, which is like, well, I don't want to pass this on to my customer. You don't have an option. You can either pass it on to the customer or take it from your staff. That's your only options. The business can't overall take on this hit of a back bar. So it's either going to have to come from your stylist again which is harder to take from your staff or passing it on to a customer. Now they're only charging what you're using, but it's a little bit easier to have that conversation. Um, And that, again, once again, if we're just tracking the waste, unfortunately what happens on the waste side is eventually one or two months later, you're still not covering the problem and you're going to have to like increase everyone's prices. Um, And the funny thing is, is you have an operational problem, you don't have a pricing problem. So sometimes- Mm. If you just increase your top line, your pricing, you're still not handling the leak in your business, which is your back bar. So if you separate these things and control the variable part of your business um, with this technology, you cut the emotion, the customer's paying for that, you built the cash flow around that, then you're having a labor conversation with the labor side of your business. You're not including an operational expense and commissioning it out, maybe not knowing, they're in the right line items to make sure you're never undercutting yourself, but just increasing your labor side, you're now paying higher commissions. You're paying higher um, taxes. You're like, you're, you're, you're paying a lot more on, on the, on the income side. Um, And so we want to make sure that those things are separate. So I come back to that's a lot of like business talk and that's where a lot of people can get lost in that kind of when we're listening to this, but think about it as, as this in the last four years, we have seen people transform and get this information, but most importantly, um, this last year alone, we have put twenty million dollars, twenty million dollars of revenue back in these salons just by doing that. And yeah. so that's you're only one action away from putting this money in your pocket. And the best way to look at it is like when you do those orders weekly, so you're probably doing them every Monday, which is the time we do it. Sunday, Mondays when we're doing our orders. If your order every week is $1,500 or $500 or $5,000, that is what you can anticipate in cash flow that would come back from using this type of method. So if you think about it, instead of the bar being an expense, it's now going to be something that you can bring in revenue instead of an expense. Because that's you're going to only be ordering what you're using, and you're going to be charging for it, and you can see that kind of flip. So if you are like every single salon, and just like we were, if you're struggling, this is the easiest way to get that cash flow in your business to start turning it around on itself and make sure nothing is leaving unpaid for.
0: Wow, I, I can see why you won, won that contest. You make everything sound so much more simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I finally, like, I just don't, I don't want anyone to
1: be overwhelmed. And you know, it's like it, it is, it's going to be fine, and we're going to be there to help you. And I, I was just like. I was just like you, I have been a single solo, profi- uh, solo proprietor. And I've also been a salon owner. Um, a, a very big salon, my salon, again, huge salon. Um, But what I know is it can feel very overwhelming and it may feel like you're doing something like questioning what you're currently doing, but just know that the help is just on the other side and it's just taking one step forward. And there is nothing wrong with taking time because good things take time. So sometimes it might be something that you want to start a little bit and, and then get there, but a good thing takes time. So that's why we don't lock you into contracts. We, you can cancel anytime you want. You can try it. You can, when you're ready for it, we know that it'll be great. And so we don't ever lock anybody in because we know it'll just change when you're ready for that change.
0: Amazing. That's really awesome. So I know that everyone listening, whether they're on their treadmill or in the back room at the salon or wherever they're listening to this, they're going to want to know more and how they can get started and how much is it and all of the questions that are going to be flying around in their head. So how can they find out more? Amazing.
1: Well, first of all, I've got a little goodie for you. So we do have a coupon um, that will probably be in the notes later here, but it is ECS10. Uh, that is going to give you 10% off a bundle. Now the easiest, simplest way is go to the website, salonscale.com, all the information's there. And when you go to sign up, all the pricing, all the information's there, but just remember there is a extra savings there for you for listening to this podcast
0: today. Thank you, that is so very generous. So ECS stands for Expert Color Solutions. So she made that code just for us and my listeners. So please take advantage of that and get started with measuring and earning more and profiting more because that's what we're all there to do to uh, create a nice life for ourselves and work smarter, not harder. So I love this tool. I love chatting with you, Alicia, about this tool. Um, you are certainly a gift to our industry and we're so blessed that you had this moment of clarity and brought this product to market. So thank you so much for this time and for explaining it so well. And I hope that people will reach out and find out more. I know I will. <laughs> thank you Thank, you, so thank much. you everybody for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.